It just keeps going and going and going. Hey, boys and girls, welcome back to the unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, commercial free Sharks podcast that is the Pucknologist here on Teal Town USA, show 147 here for you. Oh boy, three games this week. The Sharks go two and one, and we're going to get into those, of course, and share our thoughts on Evander Kane being put on unconditional waivers, the future of Doug Wilson. Pros and cons of trading Tomas Hurdle and more, but first, as we always like to ask, please subscribe, follow us on social media if you can. If you'd like to help to support the content we deliver, you can always throw us a little donation uh, using that super chat option during the live shows. We prefer Venmo if you can. You can find us at tealtownusa.com. We always thank you for that support. And if you're not watching us live on YouTube, Dude, throw a little comment in the chat section or comment section below. Let us know what your thoughts are, what you're thinking. We would appreciate seeing that just to see what everybody else is interested in doing. So, uh, with that, let's get into it. And hey now, what a fucking shirt that is. Hockey jerk. Rocking and rolling, baby. Yeah, like always. <laughs> oh, it almost looks as if Eric Carlson bought himself a new lawnmower. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> I mean, sure. it's, it's a very happy face. <laughs> it's a very happy face. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, any moment to flame you is a happy moment. The, so. f- f- this is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are with your weekly wrap up of sharks hockey 36 games yo we're just you know five away from that halfway mark and 19 16 and 1 39 points remember uh this point last year 36 points so scotch better right <laughs> i mean they're you know they're they're finding they're finding ways to keep themselves in the hunt, which I, I think is encouraging because I think the last the last two years, if we got to this point, it was like, yeah, this is probably going to be a lost season. And and you know what? Maybe this season is a lost season as well. But they're certainly, uh, you know, doing everything they can to make that not the case. I would say. They're they're working on it. They're mm-hmm. working on it. Uh, with 39 points, Sharks currently are fifth in the Pacific, third in the wild card. But if you go by points percentage, because a lot of teams have games in hand, mm-hmm. Sharks are sixth in the division and sixth in the wild card. So don't get crazy, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Four and two over the last six games. Uh, three of those four wins, though, bro, it. They had to go to overtime to win those. That's okay. Yeah, but like, if you're a team that's gonna like stir up some shit in the postseason, you, you're not <laughs> you're not giving up seven goals to the worst team 
in the division. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Arizona. <laughs> the good thing is that all of those games that did go to overtime were not against divisional rivals, so there's no ground made by the people the Sharks are competing with. True that. All right. Well, look at you always finding that silver lining. Yeah, man. You know that I'm. You know I'm trying to be more like Curtis Brown. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And that and that third win though, it saw the Sharks give. They gave up. Who was it? Was Detroit right? I want to say yeah. First game where they got absolutely embarrassed. Twenty. They the Sharks had twenty one shots on goal throughout the entire game. They gave up 22 shots on goal in the third period alone. <laughs> but to your point, they're still 2-2 two and two in the division. So, again, Curtis Brown the hell out of that. That's what I'm saying. Is like, you know, people can say whatever they want. Rebuild, don't rebuild, sharks suck, sharks are good, this, that, lose, win, whatever. They're in the hunt. All right. And we're still playing my prediction game. And uh, right now I'm one point out. I had them at 20 and 16 at this point, and they're 19, 16, and 1, so pretty goddamn close. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I have the replay going on in my head, and I just heard my, my Curtis Brown line, so I uh, <laughs> oh! got, <laughs> got a good chuckle out of that. No, I think, <sighs> I mean, you look at some of kind of some of what's transpired here the last little bit. Um, I mean, yeah, a, 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 a real full diaper against the Red Wings, right? But and and you know, good game against the Sabres, good game against the Flyers too. So, you know, obviously good game against it, the Sabres? Yeah, I mean, they mm. they started the game well. I mean, they won, right? <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. First first 20 was just, all right. Yeah, I just my point being though is that, you know, for the last um I don't know. I mean, obviously since since they came back from the COVID, but also you know, uh, but before, maybe not totally before that, but right before that, but certainly after the COVID, they've been they've been winning more than they've been losing. Barely, but yes. Well, you know, barely is still <laughs> still it's works. still true. It's still true. I mean, <laughs> they don't ask how; know. they just ask how many. <laughs> you know, it's still it's it's still true. So, you know that those those are things we like to see. Well, I mean, we talked obviously we talked about the embarrassment in Pittsburgh last Sunday, and then, boom, they followed that up with a massive embarrassment in Detroit. It's a full diaper. Oh, full diaper. Dude, because let's be honest. I mean, it all comes down to the special teams. <laughs> Giving up two shorties to a team who hadn't gotten a shorty in 100 games? <laughs> it's historical. Oh, my God. I mean, they came in to that second period. It's like, oh, my God, they got a five-minute major. And of course, you know the the broadcast team is going to go. Well, you know the last time the sharks got, and I went, oh shit, here we go. That's the kiss well, of death. <laughs> and you, you want to know something hilarious too? So we kind of, um, you know, I, I I mentioned it last last week. Um, you know how they the broadcast mentioned the Vegas uh, the Vegas <laughs> comeback, right? And 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 if you, you know. Will. I, I, yeah, and I said I said at the time like why are we talking about this, right? <laughs> so, I and I don't want to say I've been looking out for this, but I've noticed it. They have also mentioned the Vegas comeback in some way or another in every game this week. <laughs> and then I'm like I'm looking at the calendar. I'm like is that like is that game like going to air soon and they're like, <laughs> and they're prepping people for it? Like And you think I have a problem letting go of Pavelski? <laughs> no shit, dude. I know, right? 
So uh, we're getting we're getting asked in the comments based on the graphics we're seeing. Is Ian joining us tonight, or is it just us? Uh, it, it's oh my blad, my blad. That is a cross <laughs> between blad and blunder. That's that's me. Uh, we have, no. we out here inventing words. Yeah. Oh, of course. So yeah, that's on me. And thank you for pointing that out. That's that's my blunder. Yep. But, shout out to Alex. Uh, Ian not joining us tonight. Probably, uh, perhaps next week, but uh, not right now. But uh, not that we don't love the dude. So okay, does that feel better? Feels better. Yeah, looks good. All right, we're all good. So anywho, uh, <laughs> so full diaper as you said against Detroit. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. Now you can sit there and go, well, okay, Couture and. Peterson go out on protocol. And of course, you know, Peterson going out is addition is. by subtraction. So Couture was out on protocol. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, and then this one, God damn, dude. This for me, the the difference in the Detroit game, it was just like Reimer flubbed the first one, and then Burns, I don't know how many times he flubbed in this game. And then you also have the issue where Middleton you know, gets knocked the fuck out in the first mm -hmm. period. And so the Sharks got to roll with five instead of six on the back end. I mean, it, it, that's, it's not a recipe for success. No, I mean, <laughs> when you're, you know, you're, your special I, teams go full diaper. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and I feel like that's the, going to be a consistent theme throughout this show. <laughs> well, because here's here's the thing, though. You know, when when if you have a child or you're taking care of a child and they have a full diaper, what is your reaction? Yeah, because they, they because mine cranky. mine is ugh, and that's how <laughs> I felt about this game. Um, yeah, it certainly doesn't help. Jake Middleton obviously going down. Um, you know, Eric Carlson uh, out as well. Uh, you know, he would miss, I, I don't recall if he finished the game or if he was out uh, early, as was Middleton, but not helping things when you lose your, your top two defensemen and it's during the game, so it's not even like you can replace them, right? Yeah. And just, you know, Randy Hahn even said it too, like the the wheels are off right now, and that's that's seriously <sighs> what had happened in this game. It was just the power play wasn't there. The pen, I mean, penalty kill was good. Good for them, I guess. But <laughs> that was like literally the one saving grace you can take from this is, you know, they give up two shorties to start the second. Uh, the you know Barabanov makes it four two like that little teaser, and then the Sharks give up two goals in a minute ten. Like yep, Jesus Christ! And then they throw in Hill to start the third, who gives up two goals on the first four shots. And you went, okay, maybe flush this one down the toilet. The only saving grace you can take from this is like. <laughs> well, at least Vlasic got scratched. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, all the people are going to come out of the woodwork and say, "Oh, it would have been three to two if Vlasic was in." As if you know, the I, dude, the revisionist history—it's epic. Oh, it's staggering. So yeah, it was a, for me. It was all about special teams. Reimer gets hung out. Hill doesn't mm -hmm. do a lot of favors for himself. Granted, you got a lot of new guys playing new positions. But that's when you're supposed to lock it down and make it simple. And instead, they started cheating, looking, chasing offense. And it was just horrific. It might have been the worst game I've ever seen Brent Burns play. It is what it for is. Now. Yeah. Yeah. For now. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, at this point, they had allowed 23 goals over four games. You just go, oh, Jesus Christ. And then the best part, of course, is postgame. <laughs> Brent Burns, what did you say? About- Dude, he looked, like, he looked like a Disney villain. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I laid down, I'm like, God damn, that is a serial killer. I mean, he came out shaved head, black hoodie, and it was just like, oh, my God. Tell me he doesn't have a shed somewhere in, like, Idaho, right? It was a little nervous. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was something. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely something. But Hurdle went so far even to drop an f bomb. If I'm hearing this correctly, let let's go to Tomash after the Detroit game. We have some meetings. Guys been talking. You no know, and and we knew what we have to do. You know, it's uh, we got some guys. They have long grants and stuff. And we've been talking. You know, especially here the last two years, it wasn't fun. And we. A lot of players we know when it, it's it's game flies and especially when you miss playoff it's long summer and you hate it and and we knew it, uh, now after always the christmas it's it's just the games are gone and, and like that you know and we know we we like still like a couple points behind the playoff but if you lose a couple like that and and you start hunting and you just like every game we have to win this one and if not we fucked you know it's just it's just so hard, so we have to get ready because, you know, right before break, we just a couple more games and we have to really get ready and and just do everything, get every single point what we can. But, you know, with our team, it's it's not about, like, a couple of guys. It's about all 20 guys with goalies because we've been talking a lot. We don't have maybe some skills, but we, we have hardworking guys and that's our game and we have to go back to it before it's early too late. So at that point, you have to be thinking like, oh, shit, man. Hurdle does not look happy. Like, it was a very trade me right fucking now moment. But let's be honest. It was really funny. <laughs> it was like, we're chasing points, and if we have to play every game where it's like we, it's a must win, then we fucked. I mean, he slid that in like a magician. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And <laughs> nobody noticed. <laughs> Dude, I'm I mean, telling you. <laughs> obviously, we did. But, like, you know, nobody who... You know, nobody who runs the, the, the seven second delay or, or clips the <laughs> clips the audio or anything like that. Nobody caught that. Oh, dude, it was fantastic. But the best part, of course, about the Detroit game, it's like the Sharks lose six to two. There's not a lot of good you can take from this, but there is one fun part that you can take from it. Decides that he's gonna mix it up with Middleton. Fighting way to go, Wes. <laughs> I love the Wes McCauley fighting calls. They're just the best. But I know that, like, I, Steve Dangle and his crew. I thought, I, I, I thought you were playing something funny. What was that? <laughs> I know that Steve Dangle and his crew, they're like, really? That's the point that we're at where Wes McCauley's fight calls are, like, entertainment? You know what? Yeah, they are. I <laughs> I'm fucking I mean, entertaining. It's, I mean, it, I'm, don't I, rain on my parade. No, it for sure. It, it's, it's fun. Like I like seeing the personality. Don't get me wrong. I like seeing the personality and clearly he enjoys what he does and he's having a good time and good for him. You know, it's good for the sport, but like all these people on social media who are like peeing their pajamas. Oh, that's <laughs> Macaulay. It's like, okay, come on. Like it's, this is not the first time he's done this. Hey, let us have our fun jerk. I guess. Okay. So after the Detroit diaper stuffing, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, the Sharks follow that up with a rare win in Buffalo. I think that, what, this is like their second win in their last 
what, 12 visits there or something? Definitely more than two, but not much more. <laughs> it seems like a yowza. Uh, you'll remember it's this is the second meeting this season. They won 5-3 to three earlier at SAP, which, uh, for those keeping tabs, was the lowest attendance ever in SAP history, for, or I should say Shark Tank history. Hill got the start in this one with Sachenko being the backup because Reimer tweaked something versus Detroit. And this is the game where Middleton, he's out because of that, you know, that amazing bean off the glass that he took. Carlson's out because I'm not even sure why. Did he, a lot of people are speculating like he tweaked something when he went for like a slapper or something. Yeah, it seemed the way he kind of he he took a shot in that Detroit game and the way he kind of the way he twisted like you kind of wonder if it was potentially somewhere in the abdomen area. Yeah, or something up in the ribs or something. I yeah. don't know. Either way, so Chief was out. Uh you you get Ryan Merkley in and then of course Vlasic returning after being scratched. Uh and Buffalo coming into this one on a three-game losing streak and they'd gone Two wins in their previous 10. So, again, it's another game where you, well, this seems to be, I don't know, a talking point over the last 10, 15 games. Sharks go 0 for 1 on the power play, 2 for 3 on the kill. You know, so it's like, can't score on the power play and they give up one on, you know, when they're supposed to be killing shit and you just go, ah, fuck, here we go again. Whatever. And is this uh, is this no? This was the one that Reedy came in. Who who came into this? Oh, uh, Halbgawaks went out. Gadjevic came back in. Did anybody notice? Probably not. I mean, he had a fight. That's true. That's true. I'll give you that. Reedy did play. Um, as <laughs> he did. As did yeah. As did VL. <laughs> Only seven minutes. So you know. Yeah. Um. But the 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 best part, of course, is the opening score. He comes from the. Oh, line. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> My trademark is still like pending, right? Yeah. When, when did I, I when did I came come up with the with the Cogliano Nieto Bonino Oh line? So <laughs> oh oh. <laughs> I think officially, I think officially it was a it, it must have been a few weeks ago or maybe a few months ago officially. But I after the like. After all the signings were done, I kind of feel like you you sort of just off the cuff mentioned it, and everybody was like, "Eh, okay, whatever." But then it actually <laughs> happened, right? So, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I I know, and and you're one of these people, but I know a lot of people are going to look at this game and be like, "Oh, you know what? Sharks, you know, like oh, they didn't really play that good of a game." Blah blah blah. But oh, you I know, I, I thought it was horrific. Right. <laughs> Aside and, from and, the it, first period, like I thought well, the the final forty minutes were awful. Yeah, I mean they. You know, it, it, to to be up 3-0 and then to, you know, let the Sabres get two goals like that and make it close, you know, obviously that's not what you want, right? You want a consistent effort all the way through. But I liked the first period, you know. I mean, Timo Meyer and Tomas Schrödel have been a very dynamic duo for the Sharks the last week. Yeah. Um, so you, you don't want to say, oh, you know, I, I hate that the Sharks are a one-line team, but I think it's kind of fun to see the Sharks have – you know, some superstars, right? And, you know, and, and I think, too, as you mentioned, the O-line getting a goal I think is fun. Um, I think you mispronounced that. 
Oh, <laughs> just because, you know, you want them to, you know, you want other guys to get in there. Right. So I liked that as well. But, you know, to your point, as the second and third period went on, you know, things were starting to look, you know, like they were going to shift in Buffalo's favor. But I liked what I saw from Aiden Hill. I thought he I you know, I thought he really shut it down. Uh, after he the shut first it period. down. Well, yeah. to me, he shut it down. It was again, it's the whole idea of like. Wait a minute! You got twenty-one shots on goal. You give up twenty-two in the third. Like it, it felt like the Sharks were almost trying to lose the game in that third period. Sure, but, like but the worst prevent defense I've ever seen. See, you say that, but I would also say so. Every defenseman in this game had at least one block shot. Megna had four, um, but then you also had seven different forwards who had a block shot in this game as well. So, but what does that tell you? Well, no, that, that's what I'm saying. means the I, other team's spending a shitload of time in your end. <laughs> no, for sure. No, what I'm – like, you're when you say that the Sharks, yeah, they spend a lot of time in their end and they sort of let Buffalo get back into it, you're correct when you say that. But you see all these guys blocking shots. You see Aiden Hill doing what he's doing, and, and it's kind of like, yeah, okay, it's not an ideal situation. We're being dominated right now, but, you know, it's kind of that mentality of you can bend us, but we're not going to break, right? And, Oof. you know, it felt like they were doing all they could to break. I mean, nah, I don't a, know. well, dude, you go back to like those last 30 seconds. There's a couple looks that Buffalo should have buried and they fucked up. Yeah. But, you know, you know how many other teams can say the same thing about the last 30 seconds of every game they've ever played? It's every team. Yeah, that's just the way it is. Every every it final happens. 30 seconds in a one goal game is crazy. <laughs> and the of course, the one funny part of this. Well, there's a few funny things that came out of out of this Buffalo game. Is <laughs> first off, the NBC guys, not a good night for them. They they throw up a, a graphic to promote Mario Ferraro and forget to throw his headshot in there and have dummy head in there, which to me of course is going to be my new nickname for Ferraro. Then they throw up the lines. They've got Barabin off at center and they've got Hurdle on the wing and they got the Weatherby line as the second instead of the Benina whatever. Fine. But then to top it all off, they throw up Bugner as fifth season as Sharks head coach. Uh, no. he Fifth season as a head coach. Maybe fifth season as a Sharks coach, but not fifth season as a head coach. It was a tough, tough sledding for the group and the graphics people, the, the department over there. But it is what it is the well the, i mean it's there's only so much you can do when you're missing half your fingers and one of your eyes doesn't work so. <laughs> but of course the the best part coming out of the buffalo game is ryan merkley knowing where that camera is <laughs> i mean just spotting it up he's like yeah yeah feeling good up here feeling good with the big club don't think i need to go down to the a you know well i i think he's you know <laughs> i think he was looking at the haters and he was kind of like hey yeah, keep talking bitches just yeah, <laughs> hey plus one tonight <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right dude oh man so look at least hey it was the first time that the sharks had scored the first goal since the arizona barn burner so that helps the sharks you know get up early on a crappy team which you would expect but, yeah, I, I was a little nervous about the shots on goal in the third. But Vlasic, to his credit, after being scratched the previous game, plays a season-high 18.05 time on ice. And you go, 
All right. Okay. We need to address that. Oh, we're going to get to he's he's in the stock down list, my friend. No, I I'm aware, but we need <laughs> so and you've now mentioned it and the broadcast mentioned it as well. Oh, you know, Vlasic coming back from being scratched and he, you know, he uh played a season high in ice time. Why do you think that is? Because there's nobody else to play those minutes. <laughs> That's it, it. I mean, it's exactly the same as you know. I know you heard it. We talked about it in the game, uh, in the game last night against the Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, this hurdle line and the Barabanov and Meyer. It's been the best line tonight. And it's yeah, like, the best line is the best line. What a shock! Yeah, it's like I hope. I hope, I, <laughs> <laughs> I <Yeah>. hope so. <laughs> so the guys are making their money. Sounds good. It's like, yeah, season high in ice time. Uh, we, we, uh, yeah, and uh, because nobody else was going to play those minutes. Like, yeah. for, I don't know. I just, I, I love, and, and I'm not trying to call out anybody specifically. I'm just saying generally speaking, I love the mental gymnastics that people will go through to try and present a point. <laughs> well, are we talking about oh. Curtis Brown again? I'm just saying in general, oh, Vlasic played a season high in minutes after being scratched. It's like, yeah, so? no, no, Car- but, but not even that. It's just like, yeah. And no Carlson, no Middleton. And like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not exactly that big of a surprise. Yeah, exactly. It's like, can we look at the lineup? Oh, that's what we have to work with. Okay. So finally the Sharks finish off the four game road trip in Philadelphia it's a 3-2 overtime victory, just like, bizarrely enough, the last time the Sharks played Philly, <laughs> like a week and a half ago. Uh, finally, though, in this one, Martin Jones would start against his former team. And I'll tell you, after JVR, Van Riemsdyk scored the first two, I went, oh, fuck, dude. Jones is going to goalie the Sharks. Watch. <laughs> and and you know I hit I I hit up the the Teal Town DMs like a day or two or whenever it came out that Jones was starting and I'm like okay great it's going to be a four nothing win or a four nothing loss <laughs> and I'll tell you after Van Riemsdyk potted the first two I went oh man I hate to be right oh <laughs> yeah I mean I it. Y- it just it kind of felt like a track meet all night, right? Where it was like it, did. it, it was really it, weird. It it gave off a vibe of like, okay, this game is gonna be one to zero in the shootout. Yeah. Right. And yeah, you see those two JVR goals and, and I was I was thinking the same thing. I'm just like, really? Like <laughs> not not to say the Sharks were the better team in this game at any point prior to the third period, but they were in it, right? Like mm-hmm. they they could have just as easily been up to two bagel as the flyers were, right? Yep. And um and you know I'll tell you what, to Tomash Hurdle is, you know, for all we say about how Eric Carlson loves to take your lunch money, Tomash Hurdle, I think Tomash Hurdle's paying you back, right? Fucking because, beast mode. Because first of all, you notice in that clip uh after the Detroit Red Wings game, he was wearing the Patrick Marlowe shirt, which I know yeah. Patrick Marlowe is your hero. Um, no, so not my hero. He, That's Pavelski. You know this. No, but you know, you know he's one of your guys. <laughs> so he was obviously wearing that shirt for you. Um, <laughs> but uh, okay. you know, but then also too, he 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 clearly must be in the DMs, and he knew he was like, no, 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 no. I don't want to hurt AJ's feelings with this <laughs> shutout. Uh, you know, I don't I don't want AJ to have to begrudgingly be right about Martin Jones getting a shutout against us. So, you know, he, he was like, you know what? For AJ, I'm going to score three goals here, and we're going to be on the bus. Natural Hattie. All good. Yeah. All good. Dude, that's, as soon as the Sharks went down 2-0, he was like, all right, AJ, it's time. He got on the ice. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. I got you, boss. 
Yeah. He, <laughs> that's other... exactly. Dude, that's right where the Sharks wanted to be. <laughs> well, and it didn't help, you know. Uh, Gadjevic only played like a minute seven of the first period, and he went out, so the Sharks got 11 forwards. Uh, but, yeah, after JVR scored that second one, I was like, oh, we, we fucked. But then yeah. Hurdle, Hurdle gets it back, and he gets the he other one. And then fucking OT with like 24 seconds into the OT. And you're like, oh, my God, Natty Hattie. Holy shit. Yeah, he's, dude, he said on the bench, he was like, we got to go down 2-0. I need my hat trick goal to be the winner. <laughs> it's a real thing that happened. Dude. I, I'm, it's it's where the Sharks wanted to be. Absolute beast. But again, <laughs> but no, another. All, all seriousness, though, I just want to say, like, it's. What it, have we ever I, been serious? But go ahead. No, I, I know. But I'm just saying, like, it's. How we've seen the Sharks in this situation so many times where they're in the game, right? Maybe it's 0 0 or it's 1 to 1 the entire game, right? And then you, the other team, they get a quick goal and, and all that's talked about, um, you know, leading up to the end of regulation and then the following day, you know, after the, the post mortem on the game, it's always, man, the Sharks just, you know, if they had one guy who would just, you know, step up and sort of put the team on his back, right? Yeah. And, Hurdle, I mean, Hurdle's been doing since we called Hurdle out on the December dude, 5th technologists. Dude, he he's been, you know, he's been ready to go. He he does not want to disappoint you. Can anymore, I can right? I invite you right now to call out Lane Peterson? I don't have his number. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but I it, it's I and again, it would be nice if the Sharks could have you know different guys on a different nightly basis dragging the team to victory but i at the same time i do like seeing again hurdle and timo meyer as well kind of leading the charge right and being being the big guns you know what i mean like it's nice to have it just as nice it is to have depth who everybody chips in it's i think it's also nice to say like yeah that's our big gun like we know he's stepping out on the ice and we're gonna get something out of it yeah well and every guy enjoys depth yeah Uh, for sure Power play on this one, 0 for 2 for the Sharks. PK, 1 for 2. So, again, another night where the Sharks special teams could have made a – I mean, yeah, they got the win in overtime, but special teams could have made a difference. Power play right now over the last 10 games, 1 for 20. That sucks. Yeah, that's fucking horrible. Uh, Might want to work on that. This week, the Sharks power play – 0 for 6, the PK, they killed 6 out of 8. Now, you know, 6 out of 8, is, it's that's not horrible, but remember, this is a team that, what, the Sharks were, like, top of the fucking list after a month on the PK? Like, I think they'd, like, let in, like, one for the first 30 against or something. It was, it was ridiculous. So, ugh, that's special teams. Not so special. You got to get it together. And the weird I don't know. I feel like the pe- I mean the penalty kill is still it's it's not as good as it was, but it's still good. I mean it's it's tenth, you know, which is you know top top third of the league. Obviously, is really nice. And, oh, is it tenth? I still I have it at ninth right now. Uh, well, there 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 were games barely, today, so right and. Um, ninth, whether, tenth. I mean, what I mean, hey, whether ninth, it's tenth, or ninth, who gives a shit? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Regardless, like the Sharks penalty, like okay, not everything could be first, right? So it's like <laughs> the the Sharks have a good penalty kill, and I think that's as long as you're over eighty percent, I'm not even giving it a second thought. Yeah, and wasn't uh, was Benina was out on protocol, right? 
Benino. Yeah, he missed the game against the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, so maybe that had something to do with it. We don't know. But uh, random numbers well, crunch. Here's but here and but you know what though? So you look, you take a look at the numbers. We love numbers on this podcast. <laughs> Cogli, you know, obviously Cogliano and Nieto, like those are your big guys on the PK, right? Sure. Hurdle led the Sharks forwards in in a shorthanded ice time against the Flyers. So you talk about a guy who scores three goals, literally single-handedly winning the game for the Sharks, but also like, hey, we need you to lead us in killing penalties as well, and he's right there. He led led for, led all the Sharks forwards in five versus five ice time, power play ice time, shorthanded ice time. I mean, I don't know how much more I need to say, but thank you. <laughs> Well, let me say this really quickly. Uh, a couple of don- donations have come in via Venmo. We thank you so much for that. John and Daniel, uh, I don't know if you're one of the people that have also made comments in the chat tonight because obviously you're using different handles. But uh, thank you very much for the donations. If you have a comment in there, sign it with your name, John or Daniel, and we'll get to it. Uh, did you know? After me doing a randoms number, a random numbers crunch, uh, since becoming a small group of select NHL teams to ever lose a game after scoring an empty net goal, you'll all remember back on January fifth, twenty twenty, when the Sharks uh, lost in overtime to the Washington Capitals after Couture had scored an empty empty net. Uh, the, the Sharks' record right now fifty one fifty nine and nine. It makes me wonder, did, did the Capitals break the Sharks that game? I don't know. Remains to be seen. It's been How weird. How could Evander Kane do this? I uh, know. That's all I'm saying. And and we'll talk about Evander Kane in a hot minute. But stock up, stock down right now, everybody. Uh, it, it, we got some good lists here. Um, and usually when it comes to stock up, stock down, we usually go over the week. But I think it means a little bit more. We're going to go start with the games that happened after that 12-day layoff for the holiday. Uh, let's go with Timo Meyer. Two goals, six assists. Uh, one goal and five assists since he was benched versus Philadelphia in overtime. You'll remember both Meyer and Dolan were benched in OT in that one. Uh, Timo continuing to step up when he's challenged? No? Yeah, I mean, he's... First of all, he he's been just based on the stats, right? He's been the best player, their best forward this year for the Sharks. <coughs> hurdle, he, hurdle, hurdle. Well, I'm I'm saying based on the stats. <laughs> and, uh, based on the stats, <coughs> hurdle. I <laughs> I'm saying your calculator must not be working. Uh, um, okay, whatever. <laughs> but you just you look like he's who's been, wearing a letter, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, dude, letters letters are useless, dude. Uh, dude, I I got a letter. Uh, on, on my keyboard, there's 26 of them. Um, you know, he's just, he's been good, like, consistently. Like, yes, he had, whatever, he got benched in the first game against the Flyers, which I still think was a stupid move, but whatever. He's he's showing, like, hey, okay, fine, bench me, do whatever you got to do. I'm going to come back, and I'm going to show you why you should never do that again, right? Hey, no. and, and he's, it, I, I feel like we say it every week, right? But... We're we're well beyond the point of oh he's just had a hot hot start to the year, like it's January okay <laughs> like he <laughs> it, it, it's time to just accept the fact that he's a good player he, right? it, he is what he is right now and if he continues at this pace which I have no reason to think he won't 
He's going to score 94 points this year. Christ almighty. When's the last time, and I know you know this because he's one of your heroes, when's the last time <laughs> the Sharks had somebody score 100 points? <laughs> Joe Pavelski. <laughs> so I, it, it's going to be really unfortunate if the Sharks do end up trading Tomas Hurdle because I think him and Meyer as a duo have been really, really good. And I think I would even venture to say that, that, that them as a duo is so good Maybe they should put somebody random there and see if they can get a couple tapping goals just for fun. Well, let me ask you this before we move on through the stock up, stock down. I know we're going to talk about Hurdle in a hot minute, but let me ask you this. Meyer has one more year on his contract, yes? Uh, one year after this year, yes. Yeah, so one more year. Now, I, you know, look, I'm, I'm, I'm a moron when it comes to the, the, the cap and, and, and contracts sure. and all that, so... Let me ask you, in order for the Sharks to re-sign him or anything, it does like the starting figure have to be at ten million? Like nope. what what does the what did that whole ten million dollar figure what did that do for everybody involved? So really it didn't do anything. So why um, are so many people crying about like oh ten million dollars? Because you have you have people who like to take small pieces of information, which are <laughs> they're things to think about, but they're not the end of the world. Context and, bl and blow them up. Like th this is one thing about Sharks fans I've noticed: they will take possibilities and talk about them as if they're absolutes. And it drives me like it puts me into Eric Carlson's lawnmower and drives me up the wall. <laughs> the thing with Timo Meyer and with every restricted free agent. And obviously they've changed the rules um, in the last year. But at the time Timo Meyer signed his contract, when a player becomes a restricted free agent, you need to keep their, you know, in order to retain their rights as a restricted free agent, you have to, set, you know, tender them a qualifying offer of a one-year deal at the salary of the final year of the final year of the previous contract. In Timo Meyer's case. Next year, his salary will be $10 million. Now, here's the thing. Very, very, very rarely does a player ever take just take their qualifying offer and call it a day. Mm -hmm. 99 times out of 100, the qualifying offer is a formality just to retain the RFA rights, and ultimately the team and the player negotiate a new contract, um, you know, totally independent of whatever the qualifying offer is. And, and I'll ask you this too. Now, obviously people are saying, well, what if Timo Meyer takes his qualifying offer, which would be one year at $10 million and then walks to unrestricted free agency? Well, then he's clearly all about the money, doesn't care about San Jose and you probably don't want him on the team anyway. Great point. But if, if he loves San Jose, loves being on the team, which by all accounts he does, would you rather take one year at $10 million or would you maybe want $49 million over seven years? Yeah. Seems to me like it's an easy answer. So a lot of people are making a mountain out of a molehill. It's taking possibilities and talking about them as if they're absolutes. Perfect. And 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 Ian Reed, God love you, buddy, making my point here. Patrick Line, the only guy to take his qualifying offer in the last 10 years. There you go. I should say, we're actually, we're saying. So well, only, hold, on. hold so, on. No, hold on, hold on. Patrick Line. No, you hold on. <laughs> the only the only guy of stature, because a couple years ago Chris Tierney did take his qualifying offer, but it was under a million dollars, so nobody even noticed. <laughs> well, Patrick Liney, the only guy of stature. Let, let me ask you that: is so 
was the ten million was that contract structured in a way to be a poison pill for somebody? I mean, that is a that's certainly a possibility, but I just don't see a scenario where at the time the deal was signed, right, coming off of a Western Conference final appearance. I don't know. I don't see a situation where the Sharks are a good team and they want to trade away one of their best players. No, I, I'm right there with you. All right, let's uh, finish up some stock ups here. Uh, I mean, good God, Tomas Hurdle. Hello, <laughs> four goals, three assists over the last six games. Called out by his coach as a leader while Couture has been on protocol. Uh, talked about in post game following the Philly game, just that he's up there, he's pumping guys' tires, he's keeping the bench engaged and motivated. Uh, probably easy to do when you're the only one scoring. Uh, but we're, well, uh, yeah. And also, 11, 11 goals in 11 games since we called him out. <laughs> nice. And which, two of course, hat-tricks. Two hat-tricks. Dude, and, and uh, versus Philly, first natural hat-trick for him, yes? Uh, I want to say yes, first natural hat-trick, and also, like, part of a very small number of people to have a natural hat-trick on the road where the hat-trick goal was an OT winner. Jesus. <laughs> Man. Uh, so, I think what the what we're trying to get at is we're just going to keep having him stock up until he's traded, uh, <laughs> which we'll get into in a hot minute. Um, one of Jerk's favorite players, Alexander Barabanov. Three goals, two assists over the last five. But could this guy be more under the radar? Like, nobody is talking about him. And you know what? I like it. Well, and, and, and so how soon we forget, right? And we've talked about this before, so we'll be brief. But Barabanov didn't play the first five games of the season. Number one, he was going through something in training camp. But Bob also said, you know, he's not been in you know he's not been in our top 12 best forwards at up to this point and it's like okay i don't know if i agree with that but whatever (laughs) right (laughs) you know and and since you know he had to come in obviously a couple guys um at the time at that time you know they got banged up obviously and so barabanov did have to come in since he came in he has not left the lineup and you know and again this is the theme with us we're about numbers on this podcast if barabanov continues to score at the pace that he's currently scoring at right now, he's going to finish the season with 50 points. Not bad for a guy you got for a minor career minor leaguer. And Suomela, not bad, right? And, Suomela, and not bad for a guy you're paying a million bucks to. Like, that's good value, if you ask me. Oh, dude, it's, an am- <laughs> it's amazing value and the fact that you've... Now, the, there's there can be some people that will look at this from the other side and say... Well, maybe Barabanov is sticking because the Sharks have guys out like Balsers or Couture or whoever, you know, guy LeBanc or whatever. And it's like, no, I don't think that's it. No, Barabanov is proving he can be a reliable middle six guy. Well, you know, and 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 like I said, you know, he he missed the first five games of the season, and I I can't remember who it was that ultimately got banged up and came out of the lineup, but. Since then, he hasn't left, and Balsers has been in the lineup at the same time as him, so they were on a line together at one point. Uh, LeBanc was also in the lineup as well, so oh. it's, you know, he, he's clearly, which I don't know why he had to prove himself, but he's clearly proven himself, and there's and he's got no... chemistry way, with Hurdle. That's what I'm saying. Like, him, like, 
I would love a situation where, you know, because I think they, they've done a lot of tinkering with the Sharks top six um, this season, really. But, you know, since they've done Meyer, Hurdle and Barabanov, I think that's been my, one of my favorite trios that we've seen in the top six. You know, I, I just think the three of them, they all really vibe well together. And I would love a situation where like that trio is just one of the sharks really dynamic lines well, like dude. you know it like everybody's back everybody's healthy and like say like a dolan couture like lebank line like that would be pretty epic to to supplement meyer hurdle and barabanov you know what i mean well and i don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast i know we've talked about it on discord where it's just like could you imagine where this team where the sharks would be had they not had ottawa not thrown bolsters on waivers and the sharks were able to get him had they not Switch Suamella for Barabanov. Had they not switched uh, Linus Carlson for Jonathan Dolan, <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> yeah, no, ki- no kidding, dude. I mean, it's that like I don't think the Sharks. I don't think like I don't. know. It's hard to say because like you know who knows where the Sharks would be, right? But but those three like those three moves that you're talking about, like it's been <laughs> like it's just made a huge difference, and it's kind of made the Sharks. Not a good team, but like definitely better. You know what I mean? Well, let's uh, finish up the stock up count here. Uh, dude, Jake Middleton. I mean, I feel so bad for this guy. He takes that ridiculous hit. It was uh, Didn't he like drop the gloves earlier with Smith and then he ends up taking that hit? Yeah. Ugh. Oh, man, did that bum me out. I mean, before going on the IR, he had a goal and three assists over four games. Like, you talk about starting to heat up and like, it felt to me like Middleton was really starting to like find his groove. And he's like, okay, I'm getting used to like this happens. Okay. Carly's going to do that. So I know that I need to do this and I'm starting to see how the three guys in front of me are setting up. So I'm able to be involved more in the game and just to see Middleton do that. You just go, ah, fuck, you know? Yeah. But still, I, I'm, I'm going to have him in my stock up category because he was a guy that was trending up for me. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and it it all kind of stems from Eric Carlson yelling at him, right? But a little bit. But Middleton barking back, which you like to see. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you know, you you got to stand up for yourself, right? And I think the way they play kind of complements each other very well. I think him and Kanijov are very similar type players. So and and even then, I know. Uh, somebody in the chat is going to bring it up. I don't know who. Some, <laughs> I, I don't remember who it is, but they bring it up. Who every, it is? I don't remember who it is, but they bring it up every week where they say, you know, <laughs> go back to when Eric Carlson was on Ottawa. Like his partner year after year after uh, year was, was Mark Mathot. Or Mathot, yeah, Mathot. Who is not, you know, he's a very sturdy, reliable defenseman, but he's kind of one of those guys where it's just like, yeah, okay, Mark Mathot, whatever. And you don't really give it a second thought. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, just the way Jake has played with Eric Carlson, I mean, the fact that, you know, he's he's letting Carlson do his thing, but also Carlson feels comfortable enough with Middleton as a partner to let Middleton do some things, fight, hit, get in on the offense, do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm sorry. Who's 19 for Anaheim? Troy Terry? Troy Terry, yeah. Dude, just took the worst shootout shot I've ever seen in my life against Tom- uh, Grice. <laughs> wow did that suck <laughs> anyway uh yeah well since we're here live you know i do have a i've given the uh anaheim detroit game the horse eye 
that Jerk likes to say. Uh, so last couple that I have on stock up, uh, Redeem Shimmick. Like, Shimmer. Look, you know, it doesn't Christ have, the Redeemer. <laughs> only has a goal, I believe, over the last six games. And I know Jerk has mentioned him like the last game or so as a stock up guy. Uh, for me, you know, game has improved since being scratched. Definitely more physical. Now, might, might be a low bar. But look, for me, the thing is, in, in you and I have talked about this on Discord is just what happens when everybody is back on the blue line? You know, Ferraro and Burns, Middleton and Carlson, and then at the bottom, you have Vlasic Shimmick, but you have options like Malosh. For me, Ryan Merkley. Kanijov. Kanijov. Hataka. Yeah. So I just sit there and go, when do we get to the point where it's just like, you know what? Scratch Vlasic. And is that maybe it would be a case of, hey, maybe if Vlasic starts getting scratched on the regular, all of a sudden his list of you know teams for the no move expands big time. Well, and I, and I think too, you know, a luxury for the Sharks is that, you know, Merkley, Kanijov, Hataka, these these are guys who they don't have to go through waivers. The Sharks okay, can put them. Hold on, hold on. Are you watching? Because Raquel just got filthy. No, I didn't see it. Oh, dude, Raquel just got filthy to end it. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. So, Merkley, Hataka, Kanijov, these are guys who don't require waivers. They can go to the Barracuda and play games there if the Sharks decide that that's what's best for them. It's not a situation where they feel pressed to play them. They have options for them. But at the same time, and I and you know, obviously the salary cap is a factor here, but you know, something I've been saying the last couple weeks or so is take the salary cap out of it. Who are your six best defensemen? Uh, in Vlasic, I'm sorry to say, is not part of that group. No, I I think I think ultimately you want Kanijov. I mean, Kine, I'm, I'm, I would be surprised if Kanijov doesn't play in the AHL once he's full, once he's healthy, just to kind of get things going again, right? Get the juices moving. Mm-hmm. But you know, I would say until Kanijov's ready to go, I'm, I'm the way he's been playing lately. I'm fine with Shimmick. Vlasic is has been a pill for sure. I, you know, I agree with with you and obviously a lot of people. You know, Nick. Uh, Nick from from San Jose Hockey Now podcast is big on Ryan Merkley being in the NHL. I'm with him on that one. I think. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's really big on that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm down with it. You know what I mean? Like, can't blame him. <laughs> yeah, I I think. And you know what? Like, people are gonna say, well, he's known for offense, and the offense is not there. He's on the third pair, and he's playing reliably defensively. Who cares? Well, right? not only that, but for me, um, is because look, <laughs> the Sharks power play sucks mm-hmm. and these last couple of games that Merkley's been in you know what I've seen that second unit with that Merkley's been on definitely seems like they're getting more good looks and well, Merkley has shown he can dipsy doodle up there in that corner and kind of like make guys come for him and then just kind of bob and weave and make his way kind of like into that LeBanc territory where LeBanc scored the fourth goal against Vegas in game seven. You know, he just does. Well, of course I had to, I had to pull the Brown reference there, but (laughs) it's, you know, he can draw guys into him and then find that space and get them to overcommit. Right. Exactly. I don't see that coming from Brett Burns in that position. You know what I mean? Well, 
and and that's the thing and and we kind of were we've talked about it on you know i know it's been talked about on after dark we talked about it on discord but you have guys specifically vlasic and burns they're the two that come to mind as guys where it's like yeah they're making their money they know how good they've been and so it kind of feels to me like they're resting on their laurels a little bit and it's like well you know I'm making good money. I am who I am. They're not going to scratch me. And oh. so it, it's kind of in the case of Burns and, you know, up until a week ago, Vlasic as well, it's been like, yeah, well, you know, these guys are who they are. So we're just going to play them and, and say what you want about Bob Bugner. Bob clearly not afraid of anything, really, <laughs> you know. And so, like I said, I think you need to. And when I say you, I mean, Bob Bugner, obviously, <laughs> take the salary cap out of it and just play your six best defenseman. Yeah, I I would like to see that happen. So, again, maybe it makes Vlasic open up his uh, ideas of where he potentially might want to go. I don't know. Uh, To finish out our stock up, Cogliano, four assists in the last six games. Uh, Each of those assists came in four different games. So it's a you know it's like some guys you sit there and go he had four assists in the last four games and four of them came in the same game you know what I mean like <laughs> right. you need context four assists in the last six but four assists coming in four separate games Cogliano you definitely um, if if you watch him in the post post game media scrums man he is a guy who you know I'm not saying you have to. Uh, I don't know, stick a mirror under his nose to make sure he's still conscious, but that guy just has a very even keel. He's just like very matter-of-fact, very low talker, just kind of, yeah, I feel like he talked about Hurdle after the Philly game, and he's just like, Hurdle was a beast tonight, and you know, your best players show up when it matters the most, and that's what he did. (laughs) So I kind of like that about Cogs, you know, just – just keep that even keel, not too high, not too low. The way that he's kind of finding a vibe as we're close to the halfway mark with Nieto and Benito and this whole oh line, you know, digging it. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, I, I mean, we've kind of talked about it a lot. I still think that line is, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that that line is a third line on a Stanley Cup team, but I still like what they brought to the table. Yeah, I, I think it's the third line for the Sharks. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Again, not a Stanley Cup team. Anyway, <laughs> stock down. This is where it gets fun, right? Uh, Jonathan Dolan. We Ugh. we we've had so many good things to say about you, sir, but no points in the last five games. You've only played in five of six since the break. Lead the team with a dash seven. Only ten shots on goal. Over the, I mean, you're averaging two shots on goal right now. Dolan, step it up, my sir. Step it up. Tell me that Couture was not the, I don't know, key to the lock for you. Well, and not only that, but one goal in his last 16 games. <sighs> and to, obviously, to, too, to quote hockey jerk. Ugh. <laughs> well, and, and I think it's worth saying, like, you know, his, when he got injured in that game, it looked really, it kind of looked serious the way he reacted to it. Sure. And then and then he was like miraculously back, right? And so Well, I, dude, I, let's let's not forget that time that Evander Kane or I'm sorry, not Evander Kane, uh Eric Carlson. What was it? Tweak something and they're like, "Yeah, we think he's going to be day to day." 2 days later, he's going to be week to week. 
and then like two days later he started the next game <laughs> yeah that, just, that's the thing like i i do question how healthy he is just based on that but at the same time one goal in the last 16 games it's kind of like you know it like if you and here's the thing like if he's not cool like if he's not okay that's fine mm-hmm. but don't make yourself go out there when you're not okay exactly so we'll see i just hope you know if he is 100% healthy hopefully he can you know get things back on track soon if he's not i hope he you know i hope he takes a step aside and just lets himself get there you know yeah well and ricky coming in hot on the chat saying leave dolan alone he clearly hasn't been the same since the shoulder injury mhm yeah there you go uh another guy who needs to step the crap up <laughs> get out of the stock down doghouse noah gregor uh do we you you ask jerk. Generally, there is no disparaging of Noah Gregor on this channel. Yeah, but you know what? At some point, the scoring chances need to become goals. Yeah, three assists in the three games since the break, but then no points in the three games after and a dash two. And d- d- tell me I'm wrong. Uh, like since the holiday break, he's gotten those three assists. That's great, but over the six games. I don't see him getting the looks that he was generating before then. The only the only positive I've noticed from Noah Gregor's game lately has been his foot speed when it comes to getting loose pucks is best mm-hmm. on the team. Best on the team. Oh, without a doubt. It's like, okay, yeah, you know, they're going to get, you know, maybe it's going to be icing or maybe, you know, the other team's going to get the puck. They're going to set it up and whatever. And then, boom, here comes Noah Gregor and he's got the puck. But then it's like nothing comes after that. And, you know, you'd like to see – you'd like to see – something produced from his his really good foot speed yeah uh also on the stock down brent burns now granted i know there's some people are gonna go how the fuck do you put brent burns's stock down he's like the only defenseman to have points this week okay that's fine but look at what happened over these three games it had an absolute shit show of a game in detroit felt like he (laughs) I'm not saying he was responsible for every goal against Detroit. I'm just saying it felt like it. (laughs) (laughs) Horrific defense when it comes to being out there on the penalty kill across all three games. It's like, yeah, he's throwing up a point or two, but in the overarching theme of the week, not a good, good week for Burns at all. Right. Then we mentioned it earlier. Vlasic, scratch versus Detroit, responds with the season high, 1850 time on ice. Uh, he was credited with two block shots, had a plus one, uh, but he also had a second period delay of game penalty <laughs> with Buffalo after coming back. Uh, but him and Shimmick, best Sharks, be- the best defensive pair from an analytics standpoint, you know, on the ice for six scoring chances for, but only two against. Uh, but Stock down for now for being just, he's the, you know, his play this season, it's the feature. It's not the bug. Like him getting 1850 was an anomaly. Him jumping mm-hmm. back has been an anomaly. You go to the Philly game. He got dusted with that first goal <laughs> against Philly. Dusted whole right up mm-hmm. against the boards. And so I sit there and go, yeah, okay. Curtis Brown, this all you want. Vlasic has got to go. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, finally, James Reimer. 
look, you know, guy was money for the first 20, 25 games. Over four games since the break, he's 2-2 two and two with an 8.30 save percentage, 6.04 goals against. Now, not all of that is on him, but fucking yikes. That is not league average goaltending, my friend. But. No, and, you know, the, 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 the players playing in front of him certainly hasn't helped, but... Yeah, the, oh, they were they were dog shit in those games. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, stats. Uh, let's just feed you the stats really quick. Right now, the Sharks' power play percentage, 16.9. It is in free fall, people. Two weeks ago, it was 16th in the league. It is now 25th. As we mentioned earlier, one for 20 on the power play in their last 10 games. Uh, in the game where they did score the lone power play goal, it was when they were down 6-1 to one to Pittsburgh. <laughs> so that's one of those ones where you go, Maduel! <laughs> like, when did that goal happen? Oh, really? So it meant dip see shit. Uh, and let's also take into account the Sharks in their last 10 games, one power play goal scored four. They gave up two shorthanded goals over that same time. So that needs to be fixed. The PK falled to ninth or 10th. Who gives a shit? Uh, over the last six games, 12 for 17. Yikes. That also needs to... Like, you can sit there and look over the course of the season, 36 games, you go, hey, 10th in the league, that's not too bad. Yes, but let's look at the trends. Let's look at the numbers. Over the last six games, 12 for 17. You've allowed five. Not great. Face-off percentage, that's been the one lock that the Sharks have had almost this entire season. Right now, 51.2 has been 10th in the league for almost since the start of the season. Now, getting into the goaltending, uh, Hill, it's... Look, the the Sharks, you... Jerk, you have to sit there and go... You can't... I don't know, pull, pull you know, throw... Okay, somebody fetch me my guillotine. Like, you can't throw Hill and Reimer under the bus too much just based on the fact that Hill has... It's like, okay, Reimer got injured or whatever, and so now Hill is thrust into a position where he's got to start five straight or whatever. And then Hill is on COVID protocol, so Reimer is thrust in this position, you know, where... Probably if the coaches are planning this out, they're looking at it. Okay, we're going to go Hill here, Reimer here. You know, like, and they haven't been able to do that. Yeah, I, I just think with the, like you said, everything that's going on, Reimer's been banged up, Hill's been on the COVID. It, it, it's hard to, I mean, it's hard to figure out, you know, who the hot hand is right now, yeah. right? But it's also hard to. Well, you're, you're almost not even given that choice. That's what I'm saying is you're, you're, you know, you're being, you're, you know, you're really forced into just playing one guy and it's like, whether he's playing really well or really poorly, like you got to stick with him. Yeah. So Hill right now goals against 2.86, Reimer 2.68, you know, not kind of right there. Uh, save percentage for Hill is 904 for Reimer. It's 916. So obviously Hill needs to push that up a little bit more. Wins and losses, Hill is 8-9, Reimer is 11-7-1. Now, the fun part of this, and that's just because we're assholes here and we have a bet, uh, Martin Jones right now has a 909. <laughs> so, is better than Hill, not as good as Reimer, but 
That will pay off later in life. From the blue line, though, in three games this week, it was not a good week for the blue line. Five assists. And if memory serves, I think like four of those came from Brent Burns. But all in on the season, the blue line has contributed 19 goals and 57 assists in 36 games. That's 76 points. Last I looked, pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, that's that's uh, that that's better than two points per game. It's a lot better than last season. And here, again, this is another fun with numbers statistically. As much as I have dumped on EK65 in the previous two seasons, I have asked Jerk, I have given him cookies when they were due, and this season, numbers don't lie, people. 52 games played last season for EK65, 8 goals, 14 assists, good for 22 points. This season, through 28 games, 8 goals, 14 assists, good for 22 points. So, as it stands right now, Eric Carlson has almost the same stat line this season in half as many games played. So, if Chief can figure out how to stay healthy, uh, again, what I, I still don't know what the hell he tweaked. It's very weird. Did, did have you heard anything? All I've heard is UBI. You know, upper body. No, I I that's the thing. I haven't heard anything either, and probably never will. We're probably we're probably not going <laughs> to hear anything until tomorrow, just because. You know, Bob did kind of say that Carlson could be an option for Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So we're probably not going to hear anything until tomorrow. But like I said, my money, just based on based on the last thing he did before he left the game against the Red Wings, I'm thinking abdomen, oblique, ribs, something like that. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Uh, but for all the numbers, uh, as it stands right now, the Sharks, when it comes for uh, to goals for four by period versus goals against, uh, the Sharks, the first period is not good for them. Second period, it's almost a wash. Third is almost a wash. It's basically right now the Sharks need to get out of the first period either even or up by one, and that will almost guarantee you a win. If you look at the game versus Philly, the pre and post and even Randy and Brett were kind of slobbering over a little bit is the fact that Aiden Hill doesn't have great numbers in the first and second period but a 9.34 in the third period. So it's like, go in even or with a with the lead, Aiden Hill's going to shut that door. So we haven't talked about the module. Has there been any changes or it's the same shit? Pretty much the same. Uh, same your top shit. Okay. <laughs> your top three as it's been for the last couple months, Timo Meyer, no, sorry, Tomas Hurdle, Timo Meyer, Lone Couture, in that order, Eric Carlson, still number four. Jonathan Dolan has remained fifth, which goes to show you that how other guys haven't stepped up. everybody beneath him has been doing. Yeah. Um, but you know what? We're seeing uh, not really a lot of movement. I mean, uh, Hurdle did, you know, with the way he's been playing the last week and a half, Hurdle did leapfrog Timo Meyer on the module. Makes but sense. other than that, that's really it. Yeah. All right, so let's get into what everybody wants us to talk about. <laughs> Evander Kane. 
Sharks put Evander Kane on an unconditional waivers with the intent to terminate his contract for breach of his NHL standard player contract and for violation of COVID protocol. Um, so, <laughs> what what does it mean for the Sharks? Do, do they get cap relief? Yes, they... Does it happen immediately? Here's the yes, best way. Hold on. Here's the, the best way that I can. I don't want to have a back and forth on this. I just want to ask you questions, and you can just give me yes or no answers. Like, is are the sharks immediately going to get cap relief from this, or is this going to be a drawn out process between the NHLPA and his, you know, and all the parties involved? Both. Okay, he, so. How, how, he, how do the Sharks get that $7 million off the books as soon as possible? It's all, So it's already off the books right now because the contract the contract has been terminated. So the Sharks have the Sharks have found themselves with five, you know, $5.875 million in extra cap space. The reason why it's that number is because he was already in the AHL and you save money by doing that. Yep. So the Sharks, he's off the books. Gonzo Alonzo. The issue here is – and. The NHLPA say what you want. I think it's kind of lame that they're standing by Kane while they well, but didn't the... stand didn't stand by some other people. They probably should have stood by, but to be expected, they were going to file an appeal. And so the short version is Kane and the Sharks are going to go to arbitration if if the Sharks are found to have terminated with cause. Um, and based on my understanding of the entire situation, I think. They did do this with cause because well, didn't this has even Bill Daly tweet out or, Bill or Daly commented had, and it was like, yeah, the Sharks have standing here. Yes, because it's it's worth mentioning as well. This has nothing to do with the 21 game suspension for the alleged fake vaccination card. This has nothing to do with that. The NHL said the 21 game suspension is an acceptable punishment for that incident. This yep. has nothing to do with that. This is with things that transpired while he was on the AHL COVID protocol. This was traveling, uh, according to Kevin Kerr, is traveling to Vancouver while under protocol. While COVID positive and returning late to the team. Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, if the Sharks win here, then the contract stays off the books. Kane loses all the money that he would be owed. And it's over and done with the Sharks. Wash your hands with the situation. Now, what do you if think it, is more likely, a settlement? Pro they'll probably give some Evander Kane some money to make him go away, but ultimately he would still be off the books. And which I think for you know fans of the Sharks or whatever, it's kind of the end all be all. Right now, and here's the here's the thing. If the Sharks if the Sharks believe that they have just cause to terminate his contract, they're not going to settle because they know they'll just beat him in court and owe him nothing. Uh, John Totoro is a lawyer, right? <laughs> well, John Totoro also doesn't work for the Sharks. Yeah, I know, but you know, you got the joke. Anyway, um, <laughs> so you know, if 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 the Sharks feel like they have just cause, they're not going to do settlement. They're going to try. They're going they're going to say we'll beat you in court. We're not going to owe you anything. Right. Now, if Evander Kane is proven to be in the right, his contract with the Sharks would be reinstated. Ugh. Or, you know. If he, you know, if he thinks if he thinks he's gonna win, but maybe he's like, ah, I don't want to go back there anyway. Maybe he'll just take the settlement money. All right. Well, Ian saying it, you know, he'll be off the books. The fallout is gonna take time. Totally agree with that. Hundred uh, percent. Precedent has shown that it takes time. The Mike the Mike Richards settlement 
came down yeah. three months after the termination. Uh, Denver asking what kind of return the Sharks would get for Hurdle. Uh, Denver, we're going to get to that in a minute. <laughs> I just want to finish up the stuff with Kane. The thing that gets me is like, <laughs> you know, per Frank Valley, it's like Kane, yeah, okay, he's got eight points in five AHL games played. He only played in games that were that occurred in California. If you remember the the Barracuda, I believe, hosted Stockton or something like that. And then they were supposed to fly the next day down to SoCal to play Ontario and San Diego. And a friend of mine reached out to me who has uh, some, uh, shall we say, a family member <laughs> that works for Southwest and texted him and said, hey, this is kind of weird. The entire Barracuda team is here. And Evander Kane is not on the manifest. Every other player name is on there. Kane is not. And it's like, oh, that's kind of odd. And so the team go flies down there. Kane played in those games. Didn't fly down with team. Okay, that's weird. And then the team immediately flew to Colorado because they had to play two in Loveland. Kane evidently flew directly back to San Jose and I believe it was like the day or the day after that is when he was put on COVID protocol. But it still begs the question. We, I mean, Jerk, you and I talked about after his, uh, <laughs> I don't know I would call that a press conference per se, but we talked about how didn't Chief wasn't answering a lot of questions, but it did seem it was kind of like, Okay, why is he only playing in California? There was there seemed to be a lot of talk about that, but the fact that Sommer or whoever was asked about Kane that was involved with the Barracuda, it was this whole well, he's doing everything he's asked to be doing. He's been a great team player. It's been fantastic. And I'm going, wait a minute, he's not he doesn't want to play games outside of California. How is that being a team player? Well, and not only that, but it's like, you know, all this praise that's being given. It's like, oh, we're so glad that you're doing the the, <laughs> the bare, bare minimum. minimum of what we ask you. Yeah. And not only that, you you had a feeling that something was up just because he did go on the AHL COVID protocol list. And, you know, everybody who went on with him all came back except for him. And then, you know, after the game against the Henderson Silver Knights this past Friday, uh, Roy Sommer said, yeah, I, I don't know when he's going to be come back. And so <laughs> the fact that the coach doesn't know what the fuck is. And going so it's on. kind of it, and so immediately I'm I'm like, OK, well, where the hell is he then? Yeah. Well, the other thing and then being... come to find out he's <laughs> the next morning he's on waivers. <laughs> well, and that the fact that the Sharks have recalled eight forwards from the AHL since Kane was assigned there. If there's if there's not like a bigger red flag from the shark saying, we don't want you here. Like, I, I don't understand how the flag can be any bigger. And for all the, well, I say all for the two or three or four, however many of you are that are out there, the cane defenders, how many more chances are you willing to give the guy? Like I'm, I'm all about second chances, potentially even third chances. I feel like we're at the 23rd chance now. And mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's beyond my capacity. Like he, he, you know, the, the 21 game suspension was about violating COVID protocols, right? Allegedly submitting a fake vaccination card, but uh, uh, 
okay, but the you know you, you put that under the umbrella of violating COVID protocol. Sure. And why was he put on waivers again this time? Violating COVID protocol. Like for the and it's not like it's not again not the same incident. This is a second yes a repeat offender so to speak. And the and this is what we've mentioned before. Take ownership of your stupidity. <laughs> like these are choices you made. You purposely tried to deceive the team, and then you went through the twenty-one game suspension. Then you know everything that happened with the Barracuda. Either way, you were on COVID protocol. I'm pretty sure when you're on COVID protocol, the first word is isolate. Don't fucking leave your like go out and get yourself some fucking TV dinners and a thing of toilet paper or whatever you know all the shit that you need don't leave your house for five to ten days or whatever the stipulation is and Evander Kane said uh I I heard him say travel to Vancouver that's what I heard <laughs> so I'm 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 done with this guy you know, he, for for all the the talk that we heard during that press conference, I just want to get back to playing hockey and to do everything. And but no, you were told what you could and could not do, and you violated it. So, I I have no sympathy anymore. I can't I can't find any part of myself at this point to support Evander Kane in any way, shape, or form. This is a guy who needs to be held accountable for his actions plain and simple that's it uh a few people for whatever reason have talked about bugner being on the hot seat now i don't get that i don't understand that if you own a restaurant and you give your ridiculously awesome chef rotten food to make a meal with what do you expect to happen now, I'm not saying that the Sharks have nothing but rotten food on the roster, but it's certainly not the best of the best. Why are you going to blame Bugner for that? Like, this feels like this is probably more of a Doug Wilson thing. Like, maybe Doug Wilson could be on the hot seat. Now, let's be honest. Since When did Doug Wilson take over? Like, 2003, 04, somewhere in that? 2000, 2003. Okay, so for 15 years... Chief knocked it out of the park. You ass jerk. You know, don't get, don't let him get you in the chair. You know, he's the dentist. Dealing Doug. All the stuff that we had heard. But the last few years, he's made some questionable moves. Quite, signed questionable contracts. So, I guess my point is here, and, and we know that he's been on, uh, he's taken a leave of absence for over a month now for quote unquote you know some sort of medical issue we don't, we have no idea what it what it could be is it a case and, and and we wish nothing but the best for Doug Wilson hope he bounces back like that from whatever he's dealing with but that said if he is dealing with medical issues the team that he's been in charge of for the last 17 18 19 years is about to miss the playoffs for the third straight time. There's sure, you know, there, there's Wilson's legacy to be thought about here. I suppose, is it time for the Sharks to 
it's not so much about Bugner, who only has one more year left on his deal. Is it time to move away from Doug Wilson as GM? Yeah, I mean, you're right, right? Like the the coach. We're we're in a what are you you know what have you done for me lately, Leak? Right, and you know the coach can only do so much. You can you you can only work with the tools you're given. That's what I'm saying. Ultimately, it does fall on the person who is, you know, who is providing, um, you know, who is providing the tools. Ultimately, it falls on that person, and. I don't know. I mean, I just it's kind of a weird situation because I still based on the history and everything, you still want to believe that Doug Wilson is going to do everything in his power to try and put a good team out on the ice. Right. Sure. But it but at the same time, it kind of feels like like, I mean, look at the players who who have seen long looks on this team. Like you're claiming Gadjevich off of waivers and you're trading for Lane Peterson, Peterson. and you're calling, and you're calling <laughs> up all these guys from the Barracuda who are good players, but they they're and they're not at the point where they're long-term NHLers right now. And it's like, you know, you want to try and keep hurdle. It's like, what, what are you doing? You know, you're yeah. not really doing a whole lot to try and keep him. And like, even with Evander Kane still under contract, the sharks had cap space to make a move. Yep. to try and help the team, you know, and people are going to say, Oh my God, my pearls, how, you know, draft picks. But it's like, <laughs> if you know, there's nothing wrong with trading futures. As long as the piece you get back is going to be with you for a significant amount of time. Mm-hmm. I just, it just makes me wonder how, how much longer is Wilson going to be around? And we've talked about it before where it was like, at some point, you could see that Doug Wilson, time for him to move on. He's, you you give him for the, the stick taps for everything he's been able to do. And so because of that, he gets uh, promoted to some sort of whatever position that's, you know, it, it, it's 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 I don't want to say contrite, but it's, you know, it's ceremonial at best. It's it's not something that he's you know coming in working the eight to five you know what I mean, and you look at that and you go okay that's you know we're just gonna bump you up the ladder quote unquote now at this point I think you have if somebody comes along and whispers in Hasso's ear or whatever it is you have to look at Doug Wilson and say hey you know what those first fifteen years unfucking believable. Great job. Like, great job. You, you iced a competitive team over and over and over again. However, like, since that Burns contract, like, what's happened? Like, you handed out these long deals, which you've never done before, and you signed these players to long contracts, whether it was Vlasic or Burns or Couture or whoever, and then you made some questionable decisions, whether it was Kane or... Eric Carlson or whatever like and I shouldn't say questionable decisions that you've gambled and it hasn't paid off like it had for you in the in the in the past so I think it it could get to the point where it's like no we're not going to promote you up we're going to say thank you very much for playing it's time to move on here's a consolation prize go the fuck home I don't know 
We'll see. Uh, I think this season, the way that it happens, if the Sharks miss for the third straight year for the first time in franchise history, I think could be a part of that. And right now, if you look at the numbers and uh, check out what's going on, who who's the uh, the chief of, of numbers at The Athletic? Oh, it is uh, Dom Liz Chisholm right now. And, and this guy does a pretty goddamn good job of finessing, massaging, manipulating the numbers. Right now, the Sharks have an 88% chance to miss the playoffs. And again, at the beginning of the season, I had them being outside the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Let's see. I think probably the last topic here that we can beat into the ground, <laughs> which we kind of touched on earlier, Tomas Hurdle at the top of Frank Valley's trade board. Why wouldn't he be? So pros and cons, and holy shit, did Jerk and I go back and forth on this last night. The pros. Give me the pros of trading Tomas Hurdle right now for the San Jose Sharks. The pros is that you would – you would recoup a lot of future assets. Um, you know, you're you're getting at, at bare minimum, you're getting a first round pick and an A prospect in. Well, dude, more... you're the one who said anybody who calls. Would you? What, what's your? What's your? Uh... So we're gonna start with the second re- click. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's gonna if if the Sharks do trade hurdle, it's gonna be you know a 2022 first round pick and a prospect. And most likely more than that, another draft pick that could potentially become another first. We've seen less lesser value players get traded for more at the trade deadline. And and do you think as it gets closer to the deadline, uh, the return perhaps goes up? For sure, yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of a it's a very interesting way that you know the way the pendulum pendulum shakes because you know you get closer to the trade deadline and teams start to really figure out where they're at and it kind of adds a pressure to get a deal done but at the same time desperation right but at the same time if if you wait too long and the pendulum swings the other way then all of a sudden you're stuck with a guy you're probably not going to re-sign and you feel like you just need to offload him so if if the plan is to trade hurdle doug wilson needs to make sure it happens when the pendulum is in the right place all right and uh just to bounce back before we get into this Ricky asking when we're talking about Doug Wilson, how does changing the GM help the problem with the no movement clauses? It doesn't. It doesn't at all. But we don't know what the Doug Wilson roadmap is right now. However, we know what the roadmap has been for the last five years, and it's led to the Sharks missing two straight playoffs and probably a third. So that's, that's it. No, no matter who you, you could get the best GM in the world. They're still going to be strapped with Vlasic's contract, Couture's contract, Burns, Carlson. Nothing. There's people. nothing wrong with Couture's contract. Move on. <laughs> so the cons of trading away hurdle, it would that not be a tacit admission from Doug Wilson in the front office that he does not believe that the sharks are as close as he said he thought they were last summer. And 100%. Wouldn't this be Wilson admitting that the reset, it's at that point, uh, yeah, it's actually a rebuild. I mean, <laughs> trading I'm, away the fan favorite 
has to. Not everybody, even the, everybody talks I, about the uh, the hot seat. That would be putting a volcano under his chair if he trades away the I, fan favorite who at this point right now is leading the Sharks in everything. I just I I, I got to say I know I <laughs> this is not directed at you, but I hate I hate how people the first thing they say when it comes to trading hurdles they say fan favorite. He's really likable. Nice guy. Fan, you know, puts butts in the seats. Screw all of that bullshit. Oh, I no, will. I, no, dude. No, no, no. Stop. Hold on. Hold on. He, hold on. Hey, you hold on. <laughs> I I have never not gone to a game because the team that I root for traded somebody that I liked. I know, but the point I'm trying to make <laughs> is like, oh, he's a fan favorite and I really like him. Who gives a shit? The main <laughs> green talking, jacket, gold jacket. <laughs> the main talking point here is that Hurdle is the best player on the team. Bar none. You know how many fan favorites there have been who suck? Most of them. I'm sorry to. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you, most of them. I don't. Know, I don't is, think Adam Burrish was a fan favorite. This has nothing to do with fan favorite. This has to do with the best player. If you're trading your best player, you're not close. D- Bar none. D- oh, see, mm. chef's kiss. That's the best line ever. If you say, hold on, do you, me a favor, say it again. You're not if you're trading your best player, you're not close. Thank you. If 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 Doug Wilson is gonna if they're gonna trade Tomas Hurdle and then Doug Wilson's gonna say, Oh yeah, you know, we're right there and we need to do this, he's full of shit and somebody needs to throw a tomato at him. Thank you. So there you go. It's like look, the pros, you should get a ridiculous amount of assets for the future that maybe you can put it all the way around an Eklund, a Bordalo, a Gushkin. Uh, there's a couple other names that I'm forgetting. Co. There are some pieces that we're kind of excited about for the future. None of them proven, of course. But Hurdle would return a pretty good profit. And... You know, I don't want to hear anybody say jack shit and and, and her <laughs> jerk will back me up. Fuck you with, but Hurdle's knees. Oh, but Hurdle's knees. Fuck you. They haven't been a problem in three years. Fuck off. Well, not only that, but how many knee injuries has he had and he gets better? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> He's like the $6 million man. I didn't even think about it that way. It's like, yeah, he had problems. And you know what? He's better. <laughs> better than before that. So fuck you. Yeah, I it's, I just look at it and go, that's a that's a goddamn king's ransom that he could return. Like the, I'm not saying it's going to be the polar inverse of the Eric Carlson deal, but it could be a lot of pieces back. And this to me is like 2015 again, where Doug Wilson could come out and say, we need to take a step back to take a step forward. You could sell it that way. And there are some people that go, how are you going to sell it to the fan base that you trade away their their favorite player and right now this season their best player? Doesn't it doesn't matter. The shark the sharks had no fans in the building for ninety percent of the games last year and they did just fine. <laughs> I don't honestly, anybody who's worried about the fans, you're wasting your time. Right? The fans last I checked. Last I checked, in 2098, when the Sharks finally win the Stanley Cup, you and I are not going to be out there lifting it with them. Really? (laughs) (laughs) My whole thing is, it almost makes me wonder, like, where the Sharks would be had they had traded 
Joe Thornton in 2017 for for pieces or Marlowe for instead of you know letting him kind of walk into the sunset and do their own thing like at least get some sort of return because you had to have given stick taps to Doug Wilson when you looked at what he got back for Barkley Goodrow Douglas Murray Ryan Clo right you look right. at the return from Ryan Clo and Douglas Murray you had to have been like god damn fucking Dougie all right Solid. If he got that back for Clo and Doug Murray, imagine what he might be able to do with Tomas Hurdle. Mm-hmm. But but we're not going to know uh, for another twenty games. Let's March twenty first. Yeah. March twenty first. The if Hur- if Hurdle is getting traded, it's being done at the last minute. Yeah, and drive up that value, which Hurdle keeps trying to do, and we talked about it. Earlier might not have been in this uh, forum, but the next ten games are not the Sharks' friends by any stretch. They they've got Detroit, who, if memory serves, just lost in a shootout to Anaheim, but also just embarrassed the Sharks a week ago. But then you face the Rangers, who are right now a wagon. Pittsburgh, who just completed a ten-game winning streak. Those are going to be two very tough games. Then you get L.A., who, for me, are kind of a coin toss. You know, one night they, you can roll over them. The next night they're going to roll steamroll you. Then you go up to Seattle. That's a game where it's like, fuck, shark. Don't, like, don't overlook it, but holy crap, if you don't win that, Jesus Christ. But then you host Tampa, which starts a five-game nightmare for the Sharks. It's... Hosting Tampa, then at Washington, at Florida, at Carolina, at Tampa. Five straight games where you're literally facing the best of the best of the East. It's going to be very tough. You have that five-game stretch. That takes you into the break for the, you know what was penciled in for the Olympics. Coming out of that, you have a 10-game stretch where you're going to play. Six of those 10 are in division. You know, you've got to face Seattle, Vegas, Anaheim, and L.A. three times. So, yeah, okay, if, if you can go 2-1 and one versus L.A., maybe pick up Seattle, lose to Anaheim, lose to Vegas. I mean, you can go 500. You can look at that and go, yeah, okay, 500 seems reasonable. But it all comes, for me, it all comes down to the next 10. I feel like the Sharks are going to come back to the tank after that game at Tampa on the first with a losing record. And then you look at the next 10 after that, that could very well be a point where Tomas Hurdle goes, trade me right fucking now. Or Doug Wilson gets that, that call that he, you know, somebody makes him an offer that he cannot refuse. Now to that point, how good is it to see Shimmick? kind of finding his game. And we talked about it earlier where there's a lot of people on the blue line that could potentially get healthy, whether it's Middleton, Carlson, Kanijov. D- is Shimmick a piece that we could potentially see moved? I think so. Considering over the summer he was made available and now he's starting to rehab, you know, get, you know, m- not what he was three years ago, but he looks better. Definitely more physical. It's certainly possible. Boy, you know, if you can get Shimmick and Vlasic the fuck out of here. 
<laughs> and get the rest of the guys on the blue line healthy, that would free up a lot of space on the cap. That'd be nice. Um, and then it comes down to goaltending. And Jerk is... Jerk has said it a lot of times. Ian has said it a lot of times. It comes down to what are the Sharks going to do with league average goaltending? And right now they're getting just a hair under it. Last time I looked, and they're three points up from where they were last year. Cogs and Benino over Gambrell and Leonard. It's been a positive, stabilizing factor, but you know, through 32 games, Cogliano 11 points. Leonard last year through 44 has 13. I think Cogliano can probably make up that difference over the next 12. Benino and Gambrell. Benino right now, 35 games played, 7 points. Gambrell, 49, point, or 49 games, 12 points. I don't know if Benino is going to be able to make up that difference. We'll see. But the big factor for me, Donato, over 50 games played, had 20 points. Weatherby right now through 32 only has 7 Bottom six, I don't know, jerk. You think we could get just a, a scotch more of that? Once everybody's healthy, that's the whole thing. Leonard Gambrell and Donato posting all those points. I don't think you saw people going out on COVID protocol or injury like they are this year. Correct. Correct. And I think, you know, once the Sharks, you know, get everybody healthy, obviously it's going to be a different story, but it also doesn't help that, you know, the Sharks, even when everybody is healthy, there've still been some really questionable lineup decisions, right? <laughs> and and so it's just it's really hard to say. I mean, I think, you know, all like Cogliano and Benino, I think they, you know, I think they'll specifically Benino, I think he's got another gear. Yep. Weatherby, I like Weatherby, but he's got to go to the Barracuda. He's yep. he's he's not scoring, which he's a fourth line center, so you're not going to expect him to score a lot, but you need more, a little more offense from him, but he's also getting you know, murdered in the goal differential department. Like he's, he's on the ice a lot yeah. when, when the other, and actually he's the worst plus minus player on the team. So more often than not, when the sharks are getting scored on, he's out there. All right. So coming up this week, uh, the next time we're going to talk again, next Sunday, we're going to catch you up on three games that the sharks will play. Uh, the next four are at home. And starting out those three, oh, boom, versus Detroit, who just embarrassed the crap out of the Sharks. Or <laughs> if you listen to Tomas Hurdle, if we do this, we fucked. <laughs> but embarrassed 6-2 in Detroit. We'll see if San Jose can get a little redemption there. Oh, then the New York Rangers, the, who the Sharks were shut out by one nothing in New York. And then finally, Pittsburgh. Again, embarrassed in Pittsburgh in the last week, 8-5. to five. Like I said, the next 10 games are going to be a gauntlet. So we're going to talk about those three games next week. It should be noted between now and the All-Star break, those 10 games on the schedule, none of them against Canadian teams, thankfully. So hopefully we're not going to see any more postponements, at least for San Jose. Because if you look at Vancouver and the Canadian teams right now, they're getting hosed. <laughs> they wake up every morning. Nope, not today. Might be another one. Gonna be tough. So let's go around the NHL. And this is gonna be very quick. Like, no biggie. No big. No bigs. Uh, with the po postponement of all the games in Canada and all the COVID issues and everything like that, um, do you think, Jerk, that uh, 
all the all-stars are going to make it, or you think we might see like make McDavid or whoever not make the all-star game? Well, McDavid will make the all-star game because you think he, right now that he's out by the time it comes in, he'll be healthy. Well, once, well, he's only, you only got to be, you only got to quarantine for five days and then you can come out of the protocol. And after you test positive, you do not have to be part of the testing rotation for 90 days. Oh, shit. so, oh, okay. so McDavid will be there. Okay. And, and if some guys miss, it is what it is. But you know what? All-Star Games all about the sponsors and, you know, and the TV. So it's a way to get money. It, there's, you know, well, the you're going to be there. Him, you're going to be there. Is anybody going to be upset if you don't see him? <laughs> I just think, you know, with the difference between the All-Star Game and the Olympics, the NHL makes money from the All-Star Game, and it directly benefits the NHL for the All-Star Game. The Olympics, nobody gives a shit about the NHL when it comes to the Olympics. You're right. And with all the talk about generating revenue, because we saw because of the Rona and everything like that, they added advertisements to the headphones and everything like that. Why is it, and I this was mentioned on Sirius, and I just wanted to bring this up for like a hot second. If you have uh, center ice, why is it when they go to commercial, this is the screen you see, commercial break in progress? Like They're going to add advertisement to the jerseys next year because they need more revenue. Why doesn't the NHL, which I, as far as I know, Center Ice is a product they control, why aren't they running national advertisements during this? That makes no sense. Like, I hate being bombarded with ads as much as the next guy, but I'd take this over ads on jerseys. And these are advertisements that people would actually see. But anyway, whatever. Just saying, you might want to think about that. Finally, Joe Thornton became the sixth player in NHL history to play 1,700 games. Coincidentally, setting that record versus Pavelski and the Stars. He is now 80 games away from breaking Marlowe's all-time record. Actually, I think he's 79 now. So, good for you, Joes. Good for you. Uh, the Dark Horse. Oh, wait. That's, that's, that's not right. <laughs> uh, the Dark Horses, I don't even know. Like This this game isn't even fun right now until Vancouver can play, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? Right. Like, like It's hard to even get into it, so we won't. Um, uh, Martin Jones is at a 9.09 right now, six starts away. He's going to hit the threshold for the Ian haircut, but will he get to 9.15? Remains to be seen. Did throw 9.36 against San Jose, so we likey. We likey. Uh, the Barracuda went one and one this week. Good for them. Anyway, uh, did we all see as we wrap everything up? Is it, is it Joel or Yoel when it comes to Farabee? Joel. Uh, but isn't it more fun to say Yoel? Sure. <laughs> Joel Farabee from the Flyers lost his shit. What the crap? Now, Here's why I post this up. Two, I, 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 it makes me have two questions or two comments. First off, this is very Vegas in that someone's always watching. Like you know, like it felt like Farabee ran, or not ran, but you know, went to this room and just started swinging his stick because he thought no one would be there to see him do it. He just needed to get out some frustration. Right. That's number one. Number two, why? does the entrance from the locker room in Philadelphia look like a nightclub? 
That's the thing that I look at this and I'm going, why looks does like this looks like the bathroom look... to a hallway? Dude, I was going to say, or the hallway that... to a bathroom. Dude, like this looks like the entrance into the VIP lounge or into a bathroom at like the Bellagio. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't even get that. That's the part. Like, if somebody had told me that this happened in Vegas, I would have been like, yeah, okay, makes sense. But I'm like, why does Philadelphia's entrance look like the Bellagio? It's very odd to me. <laughs> I don't know. I got a, I got a kick out of it. I can't, I don't know what to tell you. Ah, so anyway, Hey, make sure to check out our latest one-on-ones. Uh, recently puck guy talked to, uh, Matt Sakaris from Vancouver sports talk radio. I talked with Drew Remendo who always has the best stories. Thank you. Uh, so you can find them on our YouTube channel or on tealtownusa.com. Hockey jerk. Hoofa. You know, the funniest thing is that Jerk and I came into tonight and we literally scratched out big blocks of talking segments and yet we still went two hours. Yes, so, we did. Okay, so where can the people find you? <laughs> <laughs> Last can, words, fucker. <laughs> the people can find me uh, at hockey underscore jerk and I think this is going to be a big week for the Sharks. I mean... Coming up, obviously, they're playing the Red Wings. They're going to have a lot to prove after, you know, the full diaper that was that game. Oh, such um, a diaper. But also, Dude, they need to pay back for that. But also, the Red Wings have lost to L.A. and lost to Anaheim. The Sharks do not want to be the ones that let them get their streak back on track or uh, get their winning back on track. And also, Detroit has worn their home jerseys in L.A. and in Anaheim. I wonder if we will see the Red home jerseys on Tuesday in San Jose. Oh, dude, dude, say it with me. White heritage for the Sharks. Oh, that would be epic. Oh, um, dude. But so obviously you need to make a statement against the Red Wings. Rangers, I think the Sharks were in it last time, but to your point, Rangers are a wagon, so we'll see. I think the Sharks need to make a statement against Pittsburgh as well, but Pittsburgh's been very hot the last month or so. So we'll see. It's a tough schedule, but the, the Sharks... With the Rangers, do you think it comes down to uh, the the whoever the Rangers put in goal? Yeah, I could see that. If it's just Yorkin, I think it'll be low scoring. Georgiev might be a bit of an adventure. <laughs> well, it comes down to I mean, look, Detroit, like you said, loaded diaper. Pittsburgh, loaded diaper. Those are two of the three teams that the Sharks are going to see between now and next Sunday. So, like you're saying, adventure is the perfect way to put it. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. You can follow him at hockey underscore jerk. You can follow me at AJ underscore strong. Don't forget to join our Discord channel. Chat never stops there. Check the show notes for the link and remember to leave your take in the comments section of this YouTube video if you were not able to join us live. If you were, we thank you very much. Awesome. Always killer. We appreciate that. For those of you who... Gave us those donations via Venmo. We appreciate that so much. Uh, my famous last words are basically what Jerk said. <laughs> I Well, here, let me sum it up very quickly. Don't shit the diaper this week, I think is what we're trying to say. Remember to subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on social media. If you listen to the podcast on something like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, whatever... Help us out. Subscribe there. Subscribe to our content. Leave a review. Five stars if you can. You can find all of those links to our social media podcast apps and more in the description below. Find everything on the website. 
So remember to check out After Dark following every single Sharks game when we go live. And that is our show. We thank you very much for watching us and listening on whatever platform you are on. We thank you very much for checking out episode 147. We will check you out next Sunday, 7 p.m., like always, for episode 148. Good night, everyone, and hope you guys had a great weekend.